The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. Yea, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. So yesterday, as we enter into Advent, we're looking at uh, all of the beautiful uh, mysteries that surround Christ, but also the purposes for his incarnation. Why has he made himself incarnate? Why do we await this Savior in the flesh, this God who comes to us? And he comes to deliver us from sin, to heal our nature, uh, to teach us as well, but then also to be the mediator between God and men, that he might facilitate a friendship between us and the, heavenly, and the Heavenly Father. And so what we saw yesterday was, um, again, that uh, beautiful healing power of Christ as he heals the servant. And so you can see as he heals the servant is also how he will heal our interior, deliver us from sin, heal our fallen nature, and bring it to perfection. Today, what we see is, what he reveals is his power to preach and reveal the Father. And so also that he comes to reveal the truth to us, to tell us of the interior life of God, that we might truly know the Father because we know the Son. And so we are brought to perfection by Christ. He wants to restore us by grace, deliver us from sin, but also to heal us and bring us to perfection and also put into us his own truth. And so what you see in the first reading for today, which is very interesting, which is something that uh, Dante speaks about in his uh, Divine Comedy. He takes an early interpretation of this scene, which is, refers to the wolf and the leopard and the lion. And he says that these things represent the threefold concupiscence, the threefold concupiscence that John speaks about in his letter, which is our inclination towards sin, our concupiscence in the various aspects of our life that inclines us towards sin, which must be overcome as we move towards perfection, so that this inclination is, again, subdued in us, and we have a stronger inclination towards God and towards sanctity. And so he represents, as is that early interpretation, that that threefold concupiscence, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, that these three things are represented by the wolf, the leopard, and the lion, so the wolf representing that lust of the eyes, that greed, that avarice. The leopard representing the lust of the flesh. 
and the lion representing the pride of life. And what we can see in this vision, again, that the prophet Isaiah has, is that with the coming of Christ, this one who will be filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. He brings this perfection with him that is able to quiet down that concupiscence in souls. And so we see it says here, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The wolf is in a certain sense made tame. The leopard will lie down with the kid. The lion and the fatling will eat, or the calf will eat together. So you see this kind of rampaging concupiscence in human nature is tamed by the grace and by the power of Christ. And so he is bringing all of these marvelous things to us in his incarnation. But the greatest gift is him himself, him himself, in whom are contained all of these gifts of sanctification for us, these gifts of knowledge and truth. And so what you see here is that this scene from the gospel where the Lord has been rejected by many, he then turns and he rejoices in his spirit, rejoices in the Holy Spirit. And he begins this conversation with the Father, which is a constant ongoing conversation in his heart. He simply speaks it out loud that others might be invited into it. It shows that this is his ordinary consciousness. He knows who he is. There's certain kind of heresies and bad Christology that goes around that says that Jesus was trying to slowly discover who he was. That's greatly troublesome. That's terrible, terrible Christology. The Lord knows who he is. His becoming incarnate does not mean he relinquishes his divinity. He remains both God and man. He knows the Father, as he says here, and the Father knows him and he has come to reveal the Father to whom he will. So that is his mission, to reveal this relationship that he has with the Father, knowing fully who he is as the Son of the Father. And it is precisely because of his knowledge that he is actually able to give us truth. How could we trust someone who did not know who he was? Right? How could we receive truth from someone who did not know the truth himself? He is truth. He is truth. He has this full knowledge. And so he shows that this is his ordinary consciousness, his knowledge of the Father. And he speaks to the Father in these beautiful words, but also with a very beautiful disposition. We can see that while he is surrounded by critique and malicious movements and all of these things, when he turns to the Father, you can see nothing but joy, nothing but peace, nothing but gratitude, thanksgiving. This is what permeates his conversation with the Father. And he speaks these things out loud again, as we've said, because he wants to invite us into that intimate life of the Trinity, into that intimate conversation with the Father. Because through grace, what happens is we receive what Christ has by nature. What he has by nature, he wants to give us by grace. He wants to make us children of the Heavenly Father so that we can also turn to the Father, rejoicing in prayerful communion with him. But this is a communion and a knowledge and a grace that comes to us through Christ. And so this is our rejoicing at the coming of Christ, because what we see here in his relationship with the Father is something that he offers to us because of his incarnation, because he has come, taken flesh, suffered, and died for our sake so that we might have this beautiful life within the Trinity from his grace. And so rightly then does he turn to his disciples, but he turns to all of us as well, 
who have come to see Christ with the eyes of faith, who have come to hear Christ from the Scriptures. And he says to us, as he says to those disciples, blessed are your eyes that see what you see and your ears that hear what you hear. Because I tell you, many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. We are truly blessed because we know the presence of Christ. We are truly blessed because we daily receive and hear his words. Our ears and our eyes are blessed by this mystery because Christ has become incarnate and he still dwells with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Amen.